Welcome to Funeral Gurus Radio. I'm your host, Robin Heppel, from FuneralFuturist.com. We're continuing our series of pre-conference interviews for the ICCFA annual convention that is going to be held in Las Vegas, Nevada, from April 20th to 23rd. Today's guest is Professor Robert Taylor from the University of Memphis. And Dr. Taylor, are you with me? I'm with you. Glad to be here, Robin. Thank you. Now, Bob, maybe if you could just uh, give a little bit of background about yourself and and some of your um, dealings with uh, ICCFA. Uh, okay, uh, I'm a professor of management. I'm the um, actually the department head of the Department of Management here at the University of Memphis. I've been here for whoa twenty twenty six years now. Uh, graduated with my PhD from LSU and uh, uh, spent a few years, a couple other places, and then. Uh, landed at Memphis, and it just worked out great for me. So uh, uh, I've been very excited. Memphis is just about the perfect-sized town for me to do a little training on the side as well as my academic work. Uh, and it's that training that got me uh, involved with the uh, ICCFA group. Uh, uh, gosh, I guess it's been about 15 years ago, Robin. Um, I, I was asked to do a program for them, uh, one program, and then uh, – uh, most of the folks seem to like me. I try to make my stuff very interactive. And uh, so they kept asking me to come back, and uh, I did two programs, then three, and I think this year at their university they've got me scheduled for a whole day uh, doing things related to leadership, uh, team building, motivation, communication skills, uh, all things that, of course, any manager in a cemetery or, or a crematorium uh, would certainly need uh it's not the skills that i teach are not just for that kind of organization uh for anybody but uh i try to relate them as best i can to uh, uh to the association's membership great now i see that they uh they actually have you performing double duty at the at the convention so you've got two uh two presentations one uh called personal management hiring and motivating your staff and the second one, organizational dynamics, turning the team that you have into the team that you want. Could you maybe just um, expand on on those a little bit, and 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 also just share what um, what the current issues are that your presentation will be addressing? Okay. The uh, uh, most of the things that I'm going to be talking about are fairly traditional, uh, although they seem to have taken on more and more importance nowadays with uh, the economy the way it is and the uh, how tough it is to actually make it and be successful. Uh, the first one that I'm talking about, uh, the hiring and motivating one, I'll, I'll spend uh, basically time talking about eight to ten major principles of motivation and then trying to relate them uh, to issues that uh, people would have uh, in their business. Now, uh, and the things will be fairly straightforward, uh, and I'm going to try to make it as interactive as possible. I'll be talking about listening skills and why it's so critical now uh, that we listen to our employees. Uh, it's interesting that most of our Cemetery and Funeral Association members seem to be uh, very in tune with listening to customers, uh, but often they forget that those same skills that they use dealing with customers are extremely important in dealing with their employees. Uh, so we're going to do a little listening uh, exercise that's kind of fun. I'll uh, make the audience uh, members pair up with one another, and we'll practice what I call the four different levels of listening and responding. 
the two are pretty bad, so they always have fun with those, and, and then we get into things that are a little bit more exciting. And then I talk about how to relate that skill. I'm tra- when I do a training program or a, or a speech, I try to give people a specific skill that they can take away and use immediately. So I'll take that skill, the listening skill, and then I'll relate it to other principles of motivation. One of the principles, for instance, uh, uh, that came out of the uh, the book, uh, I believe it was Good to Great, it talks about getting the right people on the bus and in the right seats. Uh, if you're going to motivate people, they need to be doing a job that they're suited for. And so we'll talk a little bit about skills and abilities and personality traits that are important for success and how if you listen more carefully to these things, you can get the right people on the bus. Now, this is even more critical in a time like now when there's probably a lot of people out there looking for jobs. Uh, the economy is not as good, you know, as we would want it to be. Uh, and so you probably have all kinds of folks trying to apply for your organization for jobs that they really aren't suited for. You've got to, got to weed that out, find out the right people for the, the right job. And that's what we're talking about, getting the right people on the right seats on the bus. Mm-hmm. And then we'll relate that communication skills also to uh, uh, such things as ensuring that people understand their roles. Uh, now, uh, an issue now that's probably more prominent than ever before is that roles are expanding. As uh, organizations tighten up, uh, maybe lay people off, it's now incumbent for people to be able to do more with less. So I used to have a job, now I have one and a half jobs. And mm-hmm. understanding the various roles in those jobs is very important. So we'll talk about how the listening skills relate to getting people uh, into the right positions, making sure they understand their roles, making sure that they have specific goals. Uh, if I have time, I'll do a little exercise on goal setting with them and talk about how specific goals work so much better than general goals and then how you can make specific goals for just about any job. We'll talk about making sure that people believe they can accomplish uh, the more demanding goals. Again, uh, fewer people to accomplish more. Uh, how do you make sure that they understand that they can do it and that you understand they can do it? And then we'll talk about a little bit about the importance of rewarding and making sure that rewards are fair. I know I'm rambling on there a little bit, Robin. Have you, any questions no. as I go along? No, I, th- I think that's great. And um, maybe, though, Bob, if I could just um, put you on the spot a little bit. I know sure. a question that uh, I get asked quite quite often is about how to uh, – whether you're um, – how do you offer bonuses or how do you offer uh, profit sharing or that type of thing? And what what are your guidelines there for that, for that motivation? And, and – it's not always about money. What What are your thoughts on that? Uh, that's that's a perfect question. I'm glad you asked. Uh, again, people have less money. Uh, they want to offer bonuses, but the the key is not so much in how you offer how much you offer, uh, but in how you do it. Uh, we'll talk a little bit in my program about schedules of reinforcement. Uh, many people want to give a year end bonus, for example. Uh, let's say that you're with a generous organization. They want to give you a $1,000 year-end bonus right, for the great work you did. Well, that's basically the wrong way to do it. <laughs> the, uh, what you get for that is a little bit of bang for your buck around the end of November. Everybody says, let's work hard so the boss knows we deserve our bonus. Well, what you should be doing is taking that $1,000, breaking it down into 50s and 100s, and throughout the year, 
uh, almost randomly, but tied to performance. When you see somebody do something good, Ken Blanchard called it catching somebody doing something good. Mm-hmm. Then you provide the bonus, the reward right there on the spot. Then the behavior that you're trying to promote gets reinforced. Otherwise, you know, what happens at the end of the year? People be, start seeing that as something that's standard. Uh, I expect it. If I don't get it, I'm disappointed. If I do get it, it doesn't really have much impact. So we'll talk a little bit about schedules of reinforcement. We'll also talk a little bit about job enrichment and how uh, other things that you can do if you don't have a lot of money. Uh, and now that's the case in many organizations have had to cut back. Uh, I can't remember when I got a bonus uh, last at the University <laughs> of Memphis. <laughs> so it's uh, <laughs> we don't tend to get many of those things. So uh, we've got to stay motivated by, by more intrinsic kinds of rewards, and we'll talk a little bit about that too and the importance of getting people involved, empowering them so that they feel like they have a say in their jobs, uh, how to gain commitment to the organization and the individual. Uh, these are really important concepts that a lot of people forget about uh, because they're concentrating so hard on pleasing customers that they forget that you know the number one person they have to please is the guy that's serving the customer. Then the customers will be taken care of. Uh, that's to me. That's sort of it in a nutshell. It's the nature of the of the kinds of rewards you offer. They can be very much non-monetary, uh, and they need to be tied to the performance that you're trying to reinforce. And ideally, they need to be tied to specific individuals. What's going to motivate you if you have, you know, three, you know, children from the age of eight to twelve is going to be a whole lot different than what motivates me. Uh, being at the ripe old age of 60. So, uh, oh, I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> now, now, now only the old people are going to come to my program. <laughs> no, uh, we'll have a lot of fun. So, uh, I hope everybody shows up. <laughs> oh, no, it sounds great. No, one last thing too. If, uh, you did say that, um, you always like to give, uh, a takeaway that they can apply kind of right away. Could you maybe give us a little bit of a hint of, of what one of those may be? The big one is going to be the skill, the listening skills. They're mm-hmm. going to be able to take that away and go right out in the hallway, actually, and apply the listening skills. So that's going to be a big one. And, and, and then I try to make sure that they understand how to use those listening skills. For example, I just, I just made the comment that you have to tie the reward to the individual. Well, how do you know what that individual cares about? Until you know what's, what's you know, you can use the term hot button, you can use whatever you want. Uh, but until you understand your employees well enough to know what is it that is going to turn them on, only then can you uh, apply the rewards in an appropriate manner. And many people just want to do the same thing. Well, let me get a standardized reward system that's easy to apply for everybody because it's the same, but then it doesn't work for two-thirds of your workforce. So there's a lot of flexibility required. So we're going to take the, that listening skill and use that throughout the motivation model. Uh, another skill I think that they might be able to take away and use immediately is, is called the Pygmalion effect. And you may have heard that before, the self-fulfilling prophecy. Well, how to make it to where your expectations can enhance employee performance. We'll talk about basically four little principles uh, that they can take away and use almost immediately uh, to enhance other people's beliefs in themselves as well as your belief in them. So I think there's a couple of things that, that they're going to be able to take away and use 
uh, almost immediately. Certainly the listening skills, when they walk out in the hallway, you know, they'll probably see themselves violating the listening, good listening principles right away. Oh, Bob, that sounds, uh, <laughs> that sounds great. And, and I'm sure we can, we could all use a little help in that area. Oh yeah. It, it's going to be fun. They get to practice it too. So that when they practice the bad stuff, they see, uh, what they do 75% of the time and the impact it has on people. Uh, it's, it's a little bit of a wake up call for folks. <laughs> well, hey Bob, uh, before I let you go, do you have any final comments? Uh, no, that, that, uh, should do it. I look forward okay. to being there. Uh, you know, I'm, uh, typically speak, uh, in the, uh, the training programs here at the ICCFA in Memphis to about 30 people. Uh, I'm hoping I have, uh, two or three hundred at the program out in Las Vegas. I'm excited. Well, that's great. I'd like to thank Dr. Robert Taylor from the University of Memphis, who is going to be presenting two presentations, Organizational Dynamics, Turning Your Team You Have into the Team You Want, and Personnel Management, Hiring and Motivating Your Staff, at this year's ICCFA Annual Convention that is going to be held in Las Vegas, Nevada, from April 20th to 23rd. For more information and registration details, visit www.iccfa.com. And if you're going to be attending the convention this year, I'll be conducting more interviews for the FuneralGurus.com website with funeral professionals like you. So I'd like to invite you to stop by the Johnson Consulting booth in the Expo to share what makes you and your firm different and unique. I'll see you in Las Vegas. And check back soon for another ICCFA pre-convention interview. On behalf of the FuneralGurus.com, this is Robin Heppel.